Welcome to the Open Assembly Podcast. I'm your host, John Windsor, and in this episode, I get into it with John Healy, Vice President and Managing Director of the Office of the Future of Work at Kelly. John does many amazing things at Kelly, but one of his main roles is disrupting new and existing markets by improving the ways that people connect and do work. I met John about a year ago, and his enthusiasm and positivity about the open economy and what modern work could be is infectious. I hope you enjoy this chat with John Healy of Kelly as much as I did. All right, this is John Windsor, and I'm here today with John Healy. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing really, really good. It's a green day all the way around. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. Me too. Green day. Well, let's start off by, tell us a little bit about you, not about the work you do, but just like, who are you, where you came from? You know, how did you get to here? Cool. So I'm John Healy. I'm the last of eight kids is I think maybe wow. the most important thing, that to, is a big thing. to recognize. So uh, my mom's my hero. She raised the eight of us. My dad did a great job along the way too, but she gave us all a, a fun set of values. But I think where it's come about is, is when you're the youngest on the, the totem pole, you have to speak up and speak out if you're going to be heard. And so I, I got really comfortable at an early age just being different and being really comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and have had some fun doing that. And I guess for the last 30 plus years, I've been working in the workforce industry in a variety of different ways and and a bulk of that with Kelly and just really love the work that I'm doing these days. That's great. Well, tell us about the work you're doing at Kelly and what you're up to specifically and then what Kelly's doing. So I lead what we call the Office of the Future of Work which is kind of a random title that means I get to be assigned to some really cool projects for our CEO. Try to look at how do we lean into all of the change that's happening in the marketplace. So it's a combination of functional activity into the marketplace. So it might be M&A activity. It might be launching a new product or a new business for the company, but also a lot of research. So I spend the, the research portion of my time focusing on four domains that we look at. We look at the workforce, the workplace, technology, and social norms. And just looking at how all four of them are being impacted. And it began, candidly, you know, we did the same thing a lot of big companies did. Bring McKinsey in and have them give you the chicken little story. You know, your industry is being disrupted. What's going on? And they give some great information, great insights into where the threats are coming from. And those are relatively easy to address. But what we really wanted to focus on and where I'm spending my time is trying to lean into where the opportunities are coming from inside the marketplace. So that's ranged from helping the company set up our analytics strategy. So getting an enterprise analytics strategy that's market-facing versus internally facing, getting that done. Looking at spaces, I think you and I had a conversation about the higher ed marketplace, Mm -hmm. um, where we think that there's just some really significant gaps out there. And trying to get our understanding of this platform marketplace, where does it come into play And what businesses are we going to launch that are fully digital and embracing this kind of open marketplace? That's really great. And how's that journey going for you guys to to launch? I know you've launched something recently in the platform, you know, open talent space, kind of the curation um, layer. It has its ups and its downs. Uh, (laughs) We got, got, you know, the mothership that that it struggles to disrupt itself. Mm -hmm. So functionally, I dismissed my entire team into the organization. And for the last year and a half, I've been operating with a 100% virtual team. Um, So I don't have any staff 
on my staff, but I've got a whole variety of experts that I tap into along the way to incubate things and get them to a point that we can introduce them into the organization. So variety of different things that we're doing there. Blockchain is, is I would say, my latest fascination and point of real interest of trying to bring together. I guess the way I put it is, I think there's way too much friction in the process of connecting people with work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I believe that data privacy and the laws and the rules that are coming about related to data privacy are going to be the impetus for some really big change mm-hmm. in how information is shared. And if you just look at like a universal application for college students mm-hmm. as a foundation, why we don't have something common mm-hmm. uh, for the workforce, that, that's a real big gap. So trying to introduce some things in that area, bringing some coalitions together, whether it's with Open Assembly or work I do with the World Employment Confederation and the OECD, uh, more of a governmental and policy level. Those are all things that are, they're all in motion. They're nothing done, but a lot of things in motion, a lot of things kind of breaking through different barriers that are there. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, like we are, you're totally right. We're in the middle of this amazing flux, right? It's like the culture is moving forward really fast. And we as humans seem to not be able to adapt to changes with technology and things as fast as, as technology itself changes. You know what? I, I actually challenge that, John. I think we as consumers are. Mm, I totally agree with that. I think we as enterprises really struggle with it. Yeah, why do you uh, think that is? I mean, obviously, we're, we're humans in both situations, but... I think if we've adapted to the network economy as human beings. Mm-hmm and how we engage with different brands or we engage with communities, that's all changed. And and we're all very comfortable with that. But our orgs, and especially in large organizations, and I'm in a a $5 billion multi-country global organization, so large enterprise, it's lines and boxes. Mm -hmm. And our systems have been set up for lines and boxes, our communication protocols, our policies have been set up for lines and boxes, but that's not how we live anymore. So that's actually been a a fun part of our research. We spent a lot of time in a company called Stylus Uh um, out of New York and London looking at consumer behaviors. So for Kelly, one of the journeys we were on was that for a long time, we focused on our largest customers and said, if I have the best logos, then I will therefore attract the best talent to work for us. Mm. Not the case anymore. The best talent wants to work on the coolest project, the most fun thing, the most impactful thing, the piece that's tied to their purpose most. So we've been trying to bring our balance more towards, you know, equalize it and put an equal balance on the talent. And as we did that, a lot of my research was about consumer behaviors and what Mm. people are looking for. And now we're, we're taking that to another level, focusing on this idea of human agility. So there's, there's just some really different aspects of how we behave as human beings mm-hmm. that our workplace hasn't adapted to yet. And that's one of the things I'm really excited to start unlocking and you help companies. So think of, we call it algorithm-led discoveries was one of our pieces. Wow. So if you and I both went to Netflix right now, and pick up whatever your streaming, you know, show of choices, we would both see different row art because of our viewing history. I log in through my wife's account. So I'm going to end up with romantic comedy stuff that I'm seeing. You're yeah. going to end up with the sci-fi thrillers, but we could be watching the exact same show. 
They're going to take art from each of the, you know, for each of the personas and they're going to show it up to us so that we both want to go see that exact same show, but feel it's been customized to you and I. Go into the company that most of us work for and ask if the intranet is different for any of those people in your organization. It's all the same. Yeah. So can we take the information we have and that we point to getting to know our consumers in this really intimate, complex way, just point it at our workforce yeah. and get to know them the same way. It doesn't cost you any new money. Yeah, no, that's it's just such a thinking good point. of our workforce a little bit differently. So that, that's yeah, no, I love that. I love that. It makes me think, as you and I were in this discussions the last few days, it made me think about the same thing. And then you said it so well. It's like, you know, the way we live our lives, the actual work we do is so digitally focused. Yet the way we work is so analog, right? That was invented yeah. back, like you know, with with Henry Ford and the and the assembly line, and so yeah. and that disconnect has actually created a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety, right? To kind of a disconnecting between the kind of work we do and the way we work. Well, in these last couple of days, I think there was a reference to the the book machine platform crowd, right? And what's in there, and if you think about that industrial revolution. All of the first people who put that electric motor in and replaced their steam turbine, they got zero innovation out of it. It was lipstick on a pig. They took a big thing and replaced it with a small version of it. It wasn't until Henry Ford and some others started saying, hey, wait a minute, I can distribute work in a different way. I can run things in a different way. And then all of a sudden, the assembly line was created and you saw factories form and change. I think we're in that stage right now Mm -hmm. where... A lot of the technology, a lot of the tools that have emerged into the marketplace, you know, robotic process automation. If I've got a crap process and I automate it to deliver you crap faster, right, that's right. not a good outcome. No. You know, we have to be willing to pause. And I think that's the hard part for organizations. Are you willing to pause and redesign things for better outcomes? And if you are, mass efficiency creation and mass effectiveness can get created. So that's that's the cool part of what we're living in right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, tell me a story. I mean, what case study inspires you of a company that's disrupted themselves and it kind of crossed the chasm in the context of this world, right? That's done what you've said is like, you know, kind of taking that algorithm in the context of Netflix and our personal lives and implemented it internally. Yeah. So because my focus is on labor markets and, right. and companies doing things there, I'm genuinely inspired by what Unilever is trying to do, mm-hmm. that I think it's seeds all the way up. Lena Nair, their, their chief yeah. HR officer, is very visible in what she's doing. And she's taken ownership of looking at their talent strategy holistically. But she also got them involved with taking their procurement function and understanding that, hey, we purchase a lot of labor in what we're doing and how they've figured some things out there and, and gotten those two parties together. Mm-hmm. And they've also recognized work is generally done locally. And so that temptation to normalize your strategy across the board mm-hmm. and to focus on the standards have been broken down to really recognize what's being done locally. So that inspires me on one end. On the flip side, though, you got to give it up to the folks at Upwork and what they've created or yeah. the folks at Mom Project. Right. Um, I, I really like what they have done in saying, we're going to deliver a service to a community mm-hmm. who feels like they're underserved in the marketplace and that they just you know, haven't been given access to things in the right way. So what Allison has done there 
And the data she's able to share because of her background coming out of the consumer, the FMCG space, right? Of being able to really talk about the specifics of this is why moms are emotionally connecting mm-hmm. to what we're delivering. Those are the stories that get me. Is is that transforming yourself? I found to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Transforming a segment of a marketplace and then integrating it back into yourself or into an ecosystem is is maybe what has inspired me more. And then it's Michael Arena. Yeah. When he was at General Motors, I, I think the adaptive space piece that he did and the whole idea of, of creating that tethered connection to that speedboat so yeah. that I can protect you from the mothership that's yeah. there to kill innovation, but also to prepare that innovation to be moved on to the mothership at the right point in time to grow to scale. Mm-hmm. Those are, I guess, maybe a few examples of things. Yeah, that those are great examples. I, I love those. Thanks for sharing those. So with this current disruption of COVID and the economic crisis, what are you seeing out there? Oh, safety. Yeah. Safety, safety, safety is what the workforce is asking for. It's interesting. I, it, this is where my work with the World Employment Confederation does come into play in that I'm trying to get to standards in the U.S. marketplace specifically. We're freewheeling. You know, we certainly are not declaring at a, at a national level how we're going to do things. We're not declaring it even at a state level. We're not declaring it by industries. As you go into Europe and you go into some other markets, you're seeing a little bit more sectoral control mm-hmm. of what's happening. So I, I think we're going to see some change there. The new ways of work are emerging, though. Like I, it was yesterday, the conference board just published a piece on the occupations that are going to stay remote. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's easy to think, okay, the IT workers, they're immediately going to be remote. They're going to stay work. Okay, yeah, we get that. Admins. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There's absolutely no reason for an admin or an accounts payable clerk to go back to the office. Right. So the cultural shifts of how we engage workers, the speed at which we've adopted the working remotely side of things, how travel has changed. I, you know, I went from traveling 40 weeks a year to traveling none since March. That's pretty radical, and I I don't feel like I've lost productivity in that cycle. So I think that there's going to be winners and losers coming out of COVID. Um, I'm candidly very worried for the companies that did the furloughs and then did the layoffs and are now experiencing 90-day payment terms and are going to close their doors because they just can't keep operating in the environment. And we're going to have some of those. For sure. And, you know, I hope that the large organizations out there, I'm impressed by the large organizations, the Intels and the Johnson and Johnsons, the Googles and the Apples who have said, we're going to continue to pay that third party workforce, whether they're working or not for us, or we're going to find a way to engage them because it's the right thing to do in our society. I'd say, John, one of the things I'm really worried about is a shift back in behavior that's there. Pre-COVID, we were in a supply-constrained market. People were panicked about, how do I find talent? They were looking at new learning programs. How do I develop pools of talent that aren't there? They were reaching out to diverse communities that they had never communicated with before, or they were going to people with disabilities that they had never engaged into the workforce. You saw some really cool programs for um, Mm -hmm. autistic or neural-challenged workers that weren't having to interview and were almost going immediately into apprenticeships and they were finding really cool ways that you could engage this coding skill. Well, as we have, you know, 50 million unemployed people, 
the supply constraints have disappeared in some areas. And I worry that some companies are going to try to seize the power of being in charge again Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. revert to old policies that I would caution them is going to cause the authenticity of the purpose they declare in the market Mm -hmm. to be challenged. It's just Mm -hmm. like all the companies who declared we're all in on Black Lives Matter. And then you looked at their board or their leadership team and you saw no diversity. Um, I think people have to take a long-term view and not just a quarterly earnings view right now because we're at a time that the market's changing pretty radically. That's great advice for leaders. What other advice would you have for leaders struggling to even get started with the adoption of kind of these new talent models? I start and I go right back to that consumer piece. Think of your workforce, not just who you have internally, but your internal workforce, your external workforce, and your future workforce. The people that aren't part of your workforce yet, think of them as consumers and get to know them the same way you get to know your your external consumer of whatever product or service you bring into the market. And if you can flip your lens that way, you can start recognizing some ways to connect with that community in a radically different way without having to invest a lot of dollars. And everyone's going to be tighter on dollars right now. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to be smarter and we need to think more creatively about how we do some things. And I think there is massive opportunity to unlock by just simply shifting that lens a little bit and engaging with that community in an entirely different way, finding out what their passions are, what do they care about, what is going to motivate them. You know, we've, we've got lots of stories of, of employee engagement that are in the market. Think of your workforce as consumers, and I promise you, you will unlock some magic. Oh, man, that was a big unlock for me, you know, because I've been thinking about a lot of the work that Jerry Wynn from Morton's done over the years around mindset shifts. And if you keep it in the context of work, it's really hard to figure out how do you shift that mindset. But when you laid it out just the way you did from think of your employees as consumers and treat them as consumers, you know, use a pull strategy instead of a push strategy, all those kind of things. It really unlocks. It really kind of is it's a simple way to re-engage with your customers, essentially, yeah. right? Your talent is yeah. your customer. Well, for so long, we tried to decide how do you create work-life balance? You know, you have, right. to, have, you have to have them both. Well, simple, re- pick up whatever device you care to use and tell me you don't use it for both. Even right. if you're carrying two devices, your travel app, you use for both. Right. You know, you, you're getting things done. You've got a virtual assistant helping you do different things, whether it's in your life. We've merged those two behaviors. And so when I see that my work opportunities or the the tools and the resources and the things I do work-wise are analog or or our laptop and my personal life is all mobile and fully engaged and personalized, you know, how long as a consumer am I going to put up with the BS of the old world? Because today, you know, how frequently do you go in and delete a bunch of apps because, hey, I just found a better one. Exactly. We we all do it. And it's not that big of a lift to start thinking about. Yeah, I love it, man. That's great. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Lots of great insights for leaders and folks trying to evolve their organizations in this new world of work. And as always, really love talking to you. Thanks, John. Well, I appreciate the time. I really appreciate what the Open Assembly Collective is. You know, this community that you have brought together and in, you know, less than a year's time of working with you guys. The people I've gotten to know, the approaches that I've gotten to know, the intellect that I've seen, the mind share that takes place, and the 
and collective is the right word because it is a community and it's wide open. It's not a group of people who all have the answers. It's a group of people who want to solve problems for the right reasons. And for that reason alone, I love what you guys have done and I'm thrilled to be a part of the collective. So thank you. Oh, thanks, man. I'm grateful for that. And I'm, I'm the same way you, you are. It's like, it's so much bigger than any of us, right? It's such a wonderful community just to be a part of. It's just such an honor. So so thanks for being a part of it and making it a priority in your weekly life. Happy to talk anytime.